All right, welcome back to the Content Agent Podcast, where we are partnered with the Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. This podcast is all about utilizing content or attraction marketing to generate a ton of high-quality leads that actually want to work with you. My name is Dan Parker. And I'm Byrne McGovern. We're both YouTube content marketers and real estate agents here in beautiful, sunny San Diego. All right, so before we get started today, I just wanted to remind you guys that this podcast is organically grown. So if you get any value out of it, if it helps you down a path of attraction marketing or helps you develop new tools or tactics for your business, all that we ask is that you help us grow by sharing this podcast. All right, Byrne, so what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about shooting for the edit. So we're going to kind of go through our steps that we go through trying to show how we shoot our videos and how we make it as easy as possible to edit them, the videos after we are done shooting them. That makes sense. Yeah, whether you're using an editor or editing them yourselves, um, and we've talked about before, this process of shooting content can take a lot of time and effort and energy. And you know, we're real estate agents by trade. So <laughs> the more that we can minimize that time, the better. And that's basically what we're gonna be talking about today. Yeah, should be fun. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started then. The I think most of these are basically tips, but we're also going to kind of talk about systems as well. But the tip number one that I want to get into first is um, don't stop shooting. You know, it's kind of like, well, this is a two part. Don't stop shooting and wait a few seconds before every take. So when I say don't stop shooting, I mean, don't hit record for every little section that you're trying to record. Just keep it running, especially if it's a talking head video. Just let that video keep recording and make sure between takes, this is one of like the big problems that I had in the beginning is not waiting a few seconds between takes. So I would just like finish a sentence and I would kind of be moving my head or, or, you know, getting rid of the smile on my face while I was finishing that sentence. And you can really see that in the camera. So if you give yourself two seconds in between or something like that, every time you're talking, that really helps. Yeah. I actually go in sections sort of. So I'll have like one point I'm trying to make and then I'll pause and then I'll start the second one out because if you try to just talk all your way through it, it actually makes it a lot harder to edit. So if you kind of set it up in like, say you have six different sections you're going to talk about in your video, I do a section at a time and that's much easier to edit. And I can also kind of plan what I'm going to say on each section along the way. If I need to look at my notes, I can pause, look at it and then move on to the next one. So, Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how I do it now. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I don't really... Oh, we'll get into this more, but I don't script mine. I do more bullet points, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I'm going to kind of go out of order of what we have here, but what do you do between takes so that you know you're moving on to the next section? Do you just wait a period of time so you can see that you're you're waiting in between takes or is there any mark? Yeah, I usually just wait a couple seconds. I mean, I just kind of pause and then, I'm, then I usually look at my notes because I have to see what I'm going to talk about next because my memory's not that great. <laughs> so yeah. I usually will go in sections and I do much better with that. And I've, in the beginning, I tried to just run all the way through it. And then I found it much harder to edit. And then I always miss things. And I ended up having to do the video two or three times. Now, if I do it in sections, I usually don't have to do it over again. So yeah, that's a good point. I guess that's pretty much how I do it as well. There are some kind of like markers that you can use to help you know you're going on to the next section. So usually when I'm doing it section by section, I can maybe I'll take two or three takes and it's usually the last take that I think is the best. So you could either stop talking for a little bit. You can do a clap. And then when you're editing and you're looking at the audio, you can see that it spikes and you'll know you can see that uh, visual cue there. You can wave to the camera between takes. Um, all those things will make it just a little bit quicker when you get to the editing portion. 
um, from going from one scene to the next. Cool. Very cool. What else, Bern? Um, so, um, this is actually a big thing that I've been trying to do more often than not is trying to create B roll master folders for all my different videos that I have. So I've been trying to do uh, community tours of all the different neighborhoods here in San Diego. So I've been trying to separate all my B roll into Del Mar, Carmel Valley, uh, Encinitas, because first of all, it makes your editor, if you're editing your videos, it makes it a lot easier for you to edit. And if you have hired an editor, it's a lot easier just to send him all the footage and then he can kind of go through and pick and choose what footage he wants to use. And it'll save you a boatload of time. I still have so many files that are not organized or put into categories, but I'm slowly doing it over time. Um, it's also easier to, if you want to back up your files, if you just throw them all in there with the, the you know, zero, five, two, six, seven, eight, you'll never find a file or it'll take you five times as long to try to edit your videos. Yeah, so a little bit, a little more organization on the back end is going oh, to save yeah. you a lot of time, effort, and energy in the future, and um, especially with that B roll stuff. So I've been, I've been pretty good. I, I need to figure out a new system because now I'm starting to use a videographer more and more. Before I was getting a lot of the B roll myself, throwing a drone up in the air. Um, I would honestly get a lot of my, I get a lot of my B roll just with my iPhone. Uh, throw it on a gimbal. It actually get, takes pretty good video clips for B roll. Um, but yeah, if you have all of your B roll, that is like in different areas, have them organized so that you can pull from them in the future. Now my editor just knows he goes when he needs B roll of a San Diego beach, he'll pull it from one of those beach communities that I have in the master um, folders. So a, you have more, you know, you just have more B roll to work with and B there's less running around for every single video. So highly, highly recommend that you organize it in that fashion. If you are doing kind of neighborhood stuff. Yeah. And do it before you get, too many videos out there because it, if you if I would have done this from the beginning, which I did not, then I would have been in a much better place than I am now. Instead of just trying to find where all this footage is coming from, which folder it's in, all this other stuff. So, if you could start it from the beginning and organize your footage, it'll be a lot easier in the long run for sure. Absolutely. Um, I didn't write this down, Burn, but how do you feel about batch content? Batch, um, batch content like B roll or just in general? In general. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a hundred percent in favor of batch content, especially. I actually was thinking about uh, having if I would have started out originally, I probably would have done it slightly different. I might have hired a videographer to go out just one day and shoot as much B roll as he could of like beaches, of neighborhoods, and that would have saved me a lot of time because sometimes the B roll takes just as long as shooting the actual video. So yeah. if I could have just you know used two days for him to just go shoot as much B roll of downtown San Diego, the beaches, all those things. So it would have been much better. Um, but in even just our, the, the talking head videos, I wish I could shoot more in a day, which I've been trying to do. But sometimes, especially when you're doing the out in the field videos, they take a lot longer than the, the, um, the talking head videos that we do. So I am 100% in favor, it, in favor of it, but I need to get better at it and be quicker at creating the videos. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how much time it saves you the times where you're able to film a couple of videos at a time, whether it's talking head or, you know, going around with a videographer. Um, it's obviously a little bit easier with the talking head videos, but then obviously you need to plan out all that content for those multiple videos. Uh, what I did recently with videographer is, um, you know, I want to maximize my time as much as possible. So 
what we did was we did one neighborhood tour video and then we also shot just another quicker video that was the top reasons to live in San Diego that we could do in one single location. The neighborhood yeah. stuff, it takes a while because you have to go to like three or four different locations. You're walking around a lot. You're driving back and forth. Um, but there are other videos like the more talking head style videos that you can get done in a shorter period of time. So I, I was able to do two videos like that. And I think that's what I, my plan is moving forward. Just always get two videos in and that way I can shoot every other week. And um, it just helps a lot. Yeah, no, I, that's uh, because I always try to do like two neighborhood videos in one day. And yeah, honestly, I know lot. it doesn't sound like it is, but it's tiring. Uh, you're bouncing around to eight different places and getting in and out of the car. If you're, if you're in a walkable community, it's a little bit easier. But, you know, if I'm out, I'm in like the North County suburbs up here. So you have everywhere you got to go. You have to jump in a car. So um, it is possible. But I think I'm going to try to steal more of that move. Just do one like neighborhood type tour and then one almost like a talking head video, but outside in, in open air. So what, how long would you say it takes you to do a neighborhood video? I can usually knock them out in about two and two and a half hours, two, two and a half. Depends on the neighborhood. If it's, I have to get in the car a lot, it takes longer. If it's a walkable one, I can do it in, you know, an hour and a half. So. Yeah, I think it took me, it took me about two hours to do a neighborhood video. And then it took me about an hour to do the other video. Although we were a little short on B roll on that one. But we had my neighborhood B-roll, so we we're totally fine. It all yeah, worked out. Yeah, I mean, I have so much B-roll now that I can just reuse B-roll over and over again for different types of videos. So, And I think that you can even maximize your time a little bit more is if you can plan it out a little bit more. So whether you're scripting or, or just putting together notes, um, but have a sense of what the video is going to look like before you hit record. That's going to save you a lot of time when you get to the point where you start recording. Yeah, the more you do these videos, I feel like the better I can picture them in my head. I think I kind of like go through almost go through the edits in my head while I'm videoing it. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. I think when you first start out, you're just going to kind of wing it a little bit, to be honest. But once you get into it and start doing a video every week, then you do get better at it. And you kind of know the pacing like, okay, this video is probably gonna be like 10 minutes long after you do it. Because usually I might shoot for 25 minutes, but like I can get this down to 10, 12 minutes. So yeah. Uh, especially the talking head videos. Yeah, I really have a lot better of a sense now of how long my videos are going to be before sure, we yeah. record. Um, and if you are using a videographer, talking about that planning, if you can put together a shot list for them and the, the B-roll that you want, the locations you're going to be, that's also going to save you a lot of time when you're filming these videos and it's going to make it easier to do two videos in one day as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, and then let's talk about if you are working with an editor, are there any, are there, is there anything that you do differently now burn with working with an editor than um, when you were editing videos? Yeah, well? basically I will tell him, well, first of all, I tell him ahead of time, listen, usually the last take is going to be the best take. If we have to redo it, I also yeah. will talk to him on, on video. So we're recording and I'm like, uh, Philip, make sure you use that last clip. I just did because that's the best one. So, because it's going to be recorded and he's going to be watching it. So, It'll make his job a lot easier if you know exactly which clip you want to use. Because if he uses the wrong clip, then you have to go back to tell him to change something. And that costs money. That costs time. So the more you can tell the editor, the easier his job is going to be. And the quicker he's going to get it done. And the, and the cheaper it's going to be for you in, in the long run. Because most of these editors pay per hour. I guess yeah. some might pay per project, but mine, mine goes by per hour. Yeah, when I started thinking about the fact that I could actually talk to my editor on the camera, like that was a game changer for me because not only am I telling him which one to use, which 
I mean, we're working together enough now. I think he pretty much just knows it's the last take. Yeah. Um, but I can talk to him about like, hey, after this scene or during this scene, I really want to see like a map of San Diego and pointing at this one area that I was talking about. When you really have the vision in mind of how you want it to be edited, um, then that's going to help them out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he kind of knows which one because I always say I want maps too because I'm a, <laughs> a visual person. And I think yeah. a lot of I want maps on there because a lot of these people that are watching our videos don't live in San Diego. So they want to know what it's close to, where it's by, that sort of thing. So um, I think if you guys start doing videos like this, you'll, you'll probably be using a lot of maps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you also, you know, it's really easy to want to get your expenses down when you start paying for this stuff. But I think if you want to save yourself time and save your editor time, don't buy a cheap, don't pay for a cheap editor. You're probably going to have to pay a pretty penny to get someone to edit your videos. Right. Um, I pay $55 an hour for my, for my editor. And I rarely ever have to have him send something back to redo something. Yeah. Cause if you put get an editor that's cheaper, you might have to send it back a couple times for it to get it right. So it might not end up being cheaper in the long run. So I, from what I've seen, I've seen editors range from like 30 to $75 per hour, probably for yeah. uh, a really good one. And sometimes the real, the ones that are charging the most aren't always the best, but um, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely draw what I did is what I went, well, we don't have to get too much into this, but when no, I was I think my editor, uh, I used um, upwork.com, which is a sort of a, like a talent type job search that people you can post a job requirement on there and get people to apply or you can reach out to people and see if they want to apply so i tested out three editors they were all different price ranges like 35 45 55 and um i gave them all the same video and i told them to edit it i told them kind of what i wanted it to look like and then one guy was just way better than all i think the other two were good but the the third guy was just like a godsend because he was a fantastic <laughs> editor he's made all my videos look better um the only difficult I have difficulty I have with an editor is not really a difficulty, but um, sometimes you lose your vision a little bit just because you kind of have it in your head. Like I said, I picture what my video is going to look like, but they don't always turn out. Or sometimes he takes out things. Like, oh, I wish he would have left it in as far as like being like real and authentic sort of thing. Sometimes he makes it look too good <laughs> that it looks like a commercial. And I wanted to keep in like the raw moments that kind of, give people a reason to reach out to you. So, but other, he's gotten a lot better. He's been leaving a lot more of that stuff in lately. So. Well, and you, you give them that feedback and over time, they're yeah. going to develop that relationship. You also had some of those editors. So you had one video, you sent it to three editors to mm -hmm. see which one was going to be the best. Not only did you see which one was the best, but you found that some of them took like 10, 12 hours or something crazy yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I'm like, why did that one take 10 hours? And then he did his in five hours. So yes, um, it seemed like a long time, but yes, you can see how yeah. quickly they get it back to you. How, you know, how responsive they are. Do they ask questions? So there's many ways you can do it. Yeah. It's not, it's definitely not all about the cost per hour. My editor gets most of my videos done in three hours and he'll, his turnaround time is usually 24 hours and that's worth every penny. Yeah, mine's a little bit longer, but whatever. <laughs> he does a great job. So that's more realistic. A couple of days yeah. is more realistic. Yeah. Um, okay. And then um, what else? Do we have anything else on here? Oh, in just organization of your files before you send them over. So sometimes before I send over the files, I'll actually label the the um, the files that are the video files that are the ones that I want to use, or sure. I'll label yeah. some of the B roll that I like. I really have the vision of. I really want this B roll in this section just to make it a little bit easier for them and to make sure that 
I'm not losing my vision in how the video is going to turn out. Yeah, because I mean, you still, I mean, we've did our own videos for so long that you, you've kind of had a, a way you like to do them. And then trying to hand it off to somebody else's was a little bit daunting for me. But once yeah. I saw how much time it saves me, because I, I, I've heard this a lot. It's like, don't waste time on things that are not going to bring you, you know, more money, essentially. I mean, yeah. this, these videos do bring us more money, but we could use this time to service our clients rather than editing a video, which I actually enjoy doing. I know that sounds weird. Most real estate agents do not enjoy editing, but it does take up a lot of time. So uh, if you can outsource it, uh, maybe in the beginning you can start editing your own videos, but once you start making some money, hopefully off of these videos, then I highly recommend outsourcing at least the editing. Yeah, if your goal is to make more money in real estate, to get more clients in real estate, then, and I just heard this last last weekend at our mastermind in Salt Lake City, but you don't wanna hire down for your first hires, you wanna hire up. And what that means is you don't wanna hire someone that's gonna take up a lot of your time that you're gonna have to train and develop. You want to hire someone that's better than you at tasks and um, you know you aren't gonna have to give them too much, you're, you aren't gonna have to do too much handholding. You're just gonna be able to deliver some give some products out and they could send them back ready to go and done. So that, I think that should be the goal for everybody that wants to grow their real estate brand. You're going to try some hire someone better than you, Dan. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know. If it's, it's Well, no one's going to look better than me on camera. <laughs> I'm not worried about that burn, but they're You're way better right, than me. Dan. That's Keep sure. telling yourself that buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, and then do you want to talk real quick about how you send the files to your editor? Yeah, so um, obviously there's many ways you can do this, but I use um, I was using uh, Google Drive for a while, but I actually switched to Dropbox recently because I felt like it was a little quicker. I mean, I, it's obviously the same internet speed, but I mm -hmm. felt like it worked better. Sometimes I would do it on Google Drive and not all the files would show up. I don't know what I was doing wrong, but I've been doing Dropbox and that seems to be the best way for me to do it. Um, there's also a couple other ones like you send it and uh, Wisetail, I think is the other one. Um, but it usually costs about, I think, because you're going to need a lot of storage too. So yes. you had to buy extra storage on Dropbox. I think Especially I have a terabyte. Filming in 4K. Yeah, I yeah, I don't film in 4K because since I don't want it, I just have endless amounts of files. But mm -hmm. uh, Dropbox, I think it's like 120 bucks per year if you want a one terabyte worth of storage. I think Google Drive is pretty much similar pricing. Um, but that's a good way to send it. And then it's also a good way place to just leave your files in there if you have the storage because a terabyte's a pretty good amount of space. Mm -hmm. And then your and then your editor can just pull files from your B-roll from there as well. So it's good to have, and then you won't lose the files in case you ever hard drive ever crashed because it'll be saved yeah. on a Dropbox file too. So totally worth it. Um, so that's the way I do it. And that's worked pretty well for me so far. I'm not sure. Do you use the same thing or are you Google drive? Well, it's funny. I use, I had kind of the opposite problem. So I was having problems with Dropbox. And okay. I use Google Drive. I mean, I use all the Google products, so it just kind of keeps it consistent. Sure. And actually, I find like my editor will text me when he's done with a video, and I could go in and immediately download it. I don't know how it happens so quick, but I yeah, mine doesn't do that. I, I had trouble. Like it was like oh, it's still processing. I think my internet's just really slow. I don't know what's happening. But I did. I've tried other things too, and I think those are probably the two best ways to go because they're just online files are really easy to manage. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. And like I said, you'll never lose your files if they're uh, located on one of these uh, cloud-based drives. Yeah. And then I think the other big thing is that your editor can just upload it into the exact same file at the end. So that makes yeah, it easy. Yeah, that's true. That's what I do. And then he sends it over, ready to go, ready, already color corrected. Just pop it into YouTube, make your description and you're good to go.
Cool. All right, man. Well, what else? What Anything else that people need to know if they're shooting for the edit? Any big mistakes that you remember making in the beginning? Uh, I mean, I've made all kinds of mistakes along the way, but uh, <laughs> I think you just learn by doing too. Because I mean, once you get yes. in there, you'll figure out what works. But your first, you know, two or three videos, probably not going to be perfect. But the more you, you do it, more you practice, more videos you put out, the better you get at it. So don't get frustrated if it's your first video is not your best video. It never is. Um, but uh, yeah, just keep at it. And uh, you'll definitely get better at it. And, you're, and, the, and the clients will come. I assure you, they will come. Yeah, absolutely. And there's other resources out there like Nick Nimmin. Have you ever listened to Nick Nimmin? Yeah, I have. He's great. He has a podcast. He has all sorts of different things. Um, but it's he's mostly focused on you know um, creating better YouTube channels and yeah. everything from editing and filming to uploading, all that stuff. So he's a great resource. He's not real estate specific, but he has a lot of tips on kind of these types of topics. So just t- learning from other people in the industry uh, will help you get better as well. So yeah, I think these are some pretty good tips, though. I think it's a lot for people to digest, but it's going to save you a lot of time in the end. So my biggest thing is spend the time up front to really understand what you want the video to be like. And it's going to save you time in the end, especially if that means you can do multiple videos in one day. That's going to save you a heck of a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to make one quick announcement. We are going to Vid Summit in. Uh, oh yeah. In uh, September is that was September or October? September sounds about right. Yeah, sometime in there. So if you guys aren't not familiar with Vid Summit, it's basically like the YouTube um, summit, I guess you could say. Um, Daryl Eves is kind of puts it on. He's kind of like a the head honcho YouTuber out there. Christina Smallhorn will actually be a speaker there. Who yep. we've actually had on the show here. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So I think we're going to try to do a live podcast from VidSummit in September. So keep a, an eye out for that one, because I think that'll be a fun one. I think we should just corner Mr. Beast and get him on to our podcast. I think <laughs> My son go. would lose his mind if we had Mr. Beast on here, which I'm sure he's <laughs> not going to be on our podcast. But uh, we could try. We could capture him and try to get him into. We'll just, we'll just walk around with your blue Yeti mic talking to Mr. Beast. He doesn't have to talk back. We'll just follow him and pretend like he's on our podcast, but he won't actually be on our podcast. That's right. So September 28th is when Vid Summit is. We're very excited. We know a couple other people in the real estate industry are going to be there. So we can, we're going to have some type of live podcast from there. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right, Bern. Well, this was a good one. Yeah, a little, little shorter for us. Not, not a guest this week, but I'm sure we'll have a guest here uh, next week or the following week, I think. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you guys ever recommend someone that should be a guest on the show, please let us know as we're always looking for new creators in the real estate industry here. Um, so if you got any recommendations, please send them our way. Sounds good. Thanks, Byrne. All right. Thank you guys all for listening. Hope you get some value from this podcast. If you want to connect with us, check us out on the Tactical Real Estate Agent Facebook page. And if there's ever a topic you want us to cover, please send us a message and we would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening and catch us next week. Thanks, Byron. Bye. Peace.